0: It's now time for Nordic on Tap. I'm your host, Eric Stavney, for this Nordic on Tap podcast of life stories, folk tales, and music of the Nordic countries, Iceland, Norway, Denmark, Sweden, Finland, Sápmi, and the Faroe Islands, with contributions from folks west of the Atlantic as well. In this podcast, we interview the Danish composer, musician, and podcaster, Morten Alfred Høyrup. Uh, Morten specializes in the international roots of music and plays guitar in several groups, including the duo Guldhammer & Høyrup, the trio uh, Jensen, Büge and Høyrup, and he plays in a guitar-fiddle duo with Seattleite Ruthie Dornfeld. I wanted to ask Alfred about the folk music scene in Denmark and how he was involved in composing musical scores for films about animals. I learned this from his bio online. And after the interview, I'll play you a live recording of one of Alfred's compositions, Ingela's Waltz, played by Alfred Morton and Ruthie Dornfeld. I interviewed Alfred during his visit to Seattle in November, 2019 to go on tour, playing concerts in the area with Ruthie Dornfeld. And that's when I met him for the first time, just as you are meeting him now. So let's listen. I thought I'd begin by asking, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, and then maybe
1: we can go through how you got here. I am here in Seattle to play with my longtime friend Ruthie Donfeld, who's a great fiddler. Uh, I play the guitar and uh, we have played ever since we met in Denmark in one uh, late uh, evening on a festival in 1985. Um. I know. We just we were talking about it yesterday and we we're feeling a little old.
0: <laughs> so that's why you're here. You tell me a little bit what kind of music would you say you play?
1: Well, we started out many years ago playing traditional music from Denmark, Sweden, Ireland, Scotland, and the US because that's what had our instr- interest at that time and we, we were learning. You know, we really wanted to be good and all that. And then eventually we have started to uh, develop uh, our own music and compose our own music. So what we are doing now tonight, we are doing a house concert and ballad, and what we are doing is a mix of some traditional tunes, but a lot of music that we composed ourselves, actually. And when you uh, listen to it, it's easy to hear where we come from. <laughs> I see.
0: Yeah. Um, is there any, so I know, I mean, Denmark has... Plenty of different areas and regions. I mean, do you feel like you're a certain regional kind of sound?
1: No, I'm. Um, I'm from Copenhagen originally, and uh, as uh, you know, it's the capital of the country. So the tradition I have is is, um, is it comes from a lot of different traditions meeting in Copenhagen, in the harbor city. It's like Denmark. We consider ourselves in Denmark. We consider ourselves a big harbor city in a big country called Europe and we get a lot of influences from around so uh, in some ways I just think my music is Nordic, Scandinavian, Nordic but it's also uh, influenced by a lot of stuff uh, you know so um, my father for example he's a tradition carrier he knows uh, hundreds of uh, Danish songs he doesn't even speak English he does only speak one language Danish he knows all these songs and he learned them in, uh, in the 40s and the 50s and 60s um, in Copenhagen from people who been, was walking around singing in the backyards uh, so of course I'm influenced by that too, uh, that style it Was of, often there was musicians who didn't have much money, they maybe normally they would have a job but uh, in the 30s and 40s it was hard to get a job sometimes so they would walk around and they would play in the bars and play different places and uh, dance halls, and there will often be pretty good musicians actually, in, and they would be influenced also from jazz and early swing and all kind of, and slagers from Germany and all kind of stuff. So I, I think I have it all in, in my musical genes. <laughs> yeah. So would you characterize your music as mostly instrumental? Does it have vocals? We have a lot of instrumental music, and lately we have started also to sing along. I mean, uh, just mouth music, I think you could call it, vocals. Uh, And then I do a few songs also uh, that I learned from my old daddy and uh, in Danish mostly so that people here can hear how funny the Danish language is. You know, the the countries around us that we used to uh, call Danish, they would, would, would identify it as a mix of uh, dogs barking and cats meowing and now you can hear if it's true you know when you hear some of my songs <laughs> <laughs> get a kick out of that yeah
0: i always learned that i was supposed to differentiate a dane by uh you were supposed to say oh, for the or
1: something like that <laughs> there you, I,
0: like I, <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> it's true it means a uh, strawberry porridge with uh, cream on i think this Sound. is one of our favorites. Yes.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love Grout myself.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you have been um,
1: uh, a producer at Radio Folk Denmark for and a
0: journalist.
1: Tell me yeah. about that. I worked for 20 years uh, as a freelance uh, host, uh, DJ, producer, presenter, etc. We call it the um, Danish Broadcasting Association, which is... Uh, the big nationwide uh, radio station, which is paid, people simply pay for it. So we all pay for it. Now it's going to be o- over the tax, like in Sweden and, and Norway, I think. I worked there for many years because I, I got in touch with these guys in the beginning of the 80s. Uh, and uh, at that time, folk music was uh, still very, it was something, it was uh, mainstream, kind of. Yeah. Um, so I worked there for many years, and now it's not so mainstream uh, anymore, actually. Now... Uh, the Danish broadcasting, uh, Broadcast Association, the Danish radio uh, doesn't even have Danish folk music anymore. It doesn't have any kind of world music, which is weird, because we have people from all over, over the world living in our country, fortunately. So that's, um, they could learn something from BBC.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I know the Norwegians have what Norskringkastinge, uh, mm-hmm. something or other. But I, I, <coughs> maybe it's because it's state-sponsored that they're being more conservative.
1: Well, it, it, you know, we pay a lot of tax in Denmark, and that means we get a lot uh, back. Yeah. And one of the things should, of course, uh, be that we should uh, have the chance to listen to our own culture and our own roots, and not only American or English or, you know. So, uh, so it is kind of weird actually, and I don't know. The reason, really, I I could try to guess, but <laughs> I probably wouldn't succeed <laughs> guessing the right thing. But it's kind of weird. It's like typical Danish to not be so proud of your own stuff, but wanting to hear everybody else's. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I, there's a little of Norwegian and Finnish in, in, in yeah. that that attitude too. Yes, you just don't call true. attention to it, so. yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah. Oh, and and so would you say the the radio folk um uh, it, it tries to ameliorate that or, or fix that problem
1: Well, when the last folk uh, program on Danish radio disappeared in two thousand and eight, I stopped working there and I started touring and, and, and do a lot of other things okay. but i just couldn't i couldn't let go of the thing of making radio and also i wanted i couldn't accept that all my colleagues who are working so hard and producing such beautiful music. Keeping our roots, uh, uh, what you can say, updated, that they didn't have a place to have their music played. So I started to make my own program, uh, and I had energy to do that once a month because I also had to do other things. And people started to listen to it, and uh, and so now you know. So it's always a fight. How do you get the money in Denmark? Because you cannot just uh, have a lot of uh, commercials and things. Because I I pay to play these guys' music, you know uh and uh that's kind of expensive i have an agreement with with an organization who take care of their rights it's like your ascap or yep. bmi we co- or i was it called Coda? and i'm happy about that because i want to pay me if i can but if i get too commercial it's going to be much more expensive uh so it's a big it's a balance you know what, yes. what do you want to do yes Uh, Because if if it gets more expensive, it'll get more expensive than what I can actually earn (laughs) on commercials. But the point is that we work all the time on getting sponsors, and and the state actually pays us some money uh, every year, about uh, $10,000, I think, to uh, have some programs running. And then we also apply from other foundations and things. So, um, yeah, RadioFolk.dk is a good place to go and, and find Danish music. We have live streaming just music going on. We have different themes and we have podcasts and we have also some podcasts uh, that are hosted in English actually with the new uh, Danish traditional and contemporary folk music.
0: Yeah, I think it's really great that you do have podcasts because, you know, so many people can't tune in at a particular time for a show exactly. And, exactly. And, and
1: that on-demand idea is really great. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify too. Yeah. We're just doing what we can to get the music out because we think we had has such a unique and and fantastic tradition, and also the whole genre of folk music is interesting, uh, widely seen. And it's the same in the other Scandinavian countries, but they are a little better to keep their own folk music, uh, keep focus on that. In In Norway they're pretty good at it, and in Sweden too, but I know that all over Scandinavia, also Finland, and. Uh, this ca- this genre is under pressure, you know, it's hard to keep it on the National Broadcasting Associations and, and because uh, people have an idea of that it's old-fashioned and all that and they don't even look at actually that uh, a lot of young people have started to play folk music and dance folk, music, uh, folk dancing, traditional folk dancing mm-hmm. in Denmark
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they don't care about that because they don't see it because they are in their own little boxes, if you know what I mean, they yes. don't get out, they yes. don't get and go and see these things happening. They don't go and see when the, we have a dance night for young people and the young students and other people st- in Copenhagen, and there is 350 people for an evening. They don't see that because they're not there. They're home <laughs> or whatever wherever they are. I don't know. Right. So. Do you think part of?
0: Do you think this sort of the. The tech revolution and people's mobile phones and being able to play whatever they want on their phones is, is part part of that. What resulted in that?
1: I think I think the result is is the other way around. I think the Danish radio doesn't seem to care about the Danish traditional music and the uh. Danish folk music. And people cannot change them because they're kind of hard to reach. I have written myself to these people, but I, ne- I didn't even get to the guy I was writing to. Some secretary mm-hmm. guy stopped it and That's told true. me that I'm sorry, we cannot help you. Goodbye. That was it, you know. But what people do then, if you can't get through, if you can't uh, get through the wall, you go around it, <laughs> you know. And uh, make your own programs. Yeah, uh, yeah. F- listen to BBC. Uh, make your own podcasts. Uh, your own system of, of promoting the events that are happening, uh, and so on. And, and that's what's happening. And that way. And I think that's a ten- tendency that we are going to see much more. That the big or the big radio station, big TV uh, stations and things, they'll take care of the mainstream, and all the other stuff we'll take care of uh, ourselves somehow. And people will have a uh, they can just stay mainstream, or they can get interested in all the other genres that right. you find. And especially you find those genres if you look for them, and you look for them if you know they are there. And if you know they are there, it's because you have a, an eye on each finger, as he says, and you're interested in what's happening. And so the people who doesn't know and doesn't have the energy or the knowledge or the interest or just doesn't meet it because they're busy taking care of something else. <laughs> they'll have to stick with the mainstream or find something else that they like, you know, so it's, I think it's going to be much more like that in the next 10-20 years. Oh, well, that's but what do you know? Yeah. Certainly maybe somebody invents something. Right, <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> Right, and if we can just keep,
0: uh, young, divert young people's attention away from acid rock, and, and which I know it's extremely popular in Scandinavia right the now. The funny
1: thing is that many people in, of the young people who are interested in folk music, they're also interested in acid rock and something else, they're interested in all kinds of stuff. They go to YouTube, they find Bob, they, they have no idea who he is, and they, don't, they think he's still alive maybe, or, <laughs> but they like the music. Yeah. They don't care what it is or anything, they just like the music and they tell each other about it. And suddenly you have all these people who are interested in Genesis, you know, well, I have kids myself, big boys, and and suddenly they listen to something like my young guy, my young youngest son. He came the other day, and he was interested in Kinks because Ain't he listened Kings. to it yeah. on YouTube, and he thought that was interesting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, you're right, though. There is this crossover. I mean, there's this. Uh, I, I don't, I don't listen to rock, and I don't even know if they qualify. But there's a group called Gota, mm-hmm. I think, in in Norway, and I've heard they. Ha, I, they only sing like one or two verses, but it's it's an old uh, uh, Benedict and Aurelia, uh, uh-huh. an old medieval tune. Oh, okay. I mean, well, it's not that old. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's interesting that they've picked that
1: up, because it's, it's old stuff. You know? and one of the places where some of these young guys, they get... Knowledge about folk music is from gaming. they play computer oh, games, all point. these interesting fairy tale games and uh, funny thing where they find uh, medieval like music and fantasy games, fantasy festivals and uh, I have uh, some friends who play in, in bands that are kind of like viking-like and very interesting adventurous, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. things. And they go to play all over Europe on fantasy festivals and medieval festivals and viking festivals and things. And uh, very interesting. And a lot of young people come there. So they might not know about our in Dance, but they, you can not say that they don't know about folk music. Right. And I think the more they dig into what they hear in the fa- fantasy festival, the more they get interested in these ballads they're singing. Where do they come from? Yeah, and how can I, how can I, get to know a little more of those? Because they're kind of dramatic, and they start researching. I think. Now it's interesting. You
0: mention um, compositions for video games. I mean, I, I, I think I've read that you have done composing for TV programs.
1: Now. Oh yeah, I've done a lot of uh, film music, especially. Uh, film music for um, films about animals like on Animal Planet and mm-hmm, Discovery mm-hmm. and things and uh, we i worked with a company and they would never very good at making uh, especially films about insects and uh, you know all kind of you know like that and turtles and snakes and all that and sometimes they wanted to make to keep the story interesting for people they wanted to show Uh, feelings and you know animals doesn't have much feelings but they can probably be scared and they can be that so they use the music for that and that was very interesting because i several times tried that uh, that the producer of this stuff he came home and said i just i just watched you know our 40 minutes movie now and i'm kind of depressed because i didn't get that drama and i didn't get the feelings i wanted in this i want to people to see that when this woman she finds this dead turtle and it actually means something and all that and we said okay but we can give you a version with the music as far as we've gone we've gotten now and you can listen what you think and you could watch and he would come back afterwards and says I'm so happy this is a fantastic movie It's the same pictures but because of the music and I really found that interesting so I worked with that for 20 years wow. Yeah. Until the company is shut down. Yeah.
0: So you actually you're you're scoring to. I mean, you 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 watch the sequence and and
1: score to that. Yep. Yeah. And we found out that uh, if you go back in the tradition, you can find a lot of material there. For example, we had we made a series of I think thirty five minutes long small things called Safari Europe. Each little film was about an animal from Europe, hmm. and we had a lot of them. and And for example, we we had a, one about frogs, and how their life circle circle uh, life cycle is, uh, and you know they are swimming around in this Danish uh, lake and there's a forest and all that. And we were going to make music for that, and we just looked back, and you know sometimes you find like. You can find like a, movie, a film about the fox in a forest and you hear some um, late night, nightclub jazz saxophone and it doesn't really work. No. So we took a flute. <laughs> we had a good friend, a Finnish friend. He had a flute and a cantilever. This is a five-string harp. And we just asked him to play a little bling, 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 bling and the flute was very little and then a little juice harp and we had all the music. It, because when you see a frog from... Down under the water, coming up to the surface of the lake. Yeah. The first thing he sees is the forest, and the next thing is mosquitoes. And you ha- you hear plum, 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 ploom ploom. You know you're in the Nordic forest, the Nordic nature, Scandinavian nature. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, it's much better than saxophone. Oh my. <laughs> 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 it's something different. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Right. Right. So that's interesting, and I don't know why it is like that. But you know, we get certain feelings and emotions. Happens when when you when you listen like that and you watch um, living pictures with the right background music.
0: Right. Yeah, I've heard it said that film music tries to direct the viewer to feel. To, to support what's
1: going on on screen and helps them feel what they should be feeling. Exactly. If you take away the music from any movie, it's much more boring. Oh, it is. And, and that's what a lot of people, like my kids, for example, if they watch a, a movie that is, is pretty uh, scary, yeah. and if it's really scary, they just take down the sound because
0: then it's not scary. No, right, exactly. (laughs) Put it up again. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, I could talk to you for hours here. It's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, But I'll I'll say thank you very much. I really appreciate you spending time with me. Thank you so much. You bet. To illustrate how creative this guy is, I'll play you a recording of Alfred on guitar and Ruthie Dornfeld on the fiddle, playing a medley of actually two songs. The first is Inge Waltz. Uh, rumor has it that Morton composed this to woo a lady that would, I presume, would be Ingela, uh, whose hand he sought in marriage. Uh, the second tune is a traditional Danish melody called Megit Gamelvals fra Vendsyssel," which means a very old waltz from that area at the very northern tip of Denmark, um, the northern tip of the Jutland Peninsula. And from there, they look out across the North Sea and uh, Skagrak towards Norway and Sweden. And I can vouch for the beauty of the area, especially a spectacular sunset I saw once from Hirtshals. So here they are, Morten and Ruthie playing Ingliswaltz and Megit Gamvals fra Sissel. That wraps up this podcast of Nordic on Tap. Please check out Morton's website and music at Morton Alfred, M O R T E N, Morton Alfred, A L F R E D, all one word dot com. And at Ruthie Dornfeld's site at Ruthie R U T H I E, Dornfeld, D O R N F E L D, Ruthie Dornfeld, all one word uh, dot com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Daryl Jackson at daryljacksonmusic.com d a r r y l jackson j a c k s o n music daryljacksonmusic all one word .com I'm your host Eric Stavney vi høres vi forstår og we hear we understand and we'll be seeing you next time on Nordic on Tap Join us for the next Nordic on Tap podcast where we discover that Norwegian preschool kids go out regularly in sub-freezing temperatures and are taught to use knives. Yeah, I kid you not. As well as we'll learn how Norwegian folk costumes are copyrighted by an outfit called Husfliden in the different counties of Norway. See you then.